church. All right, hopefully you got a good run this morning as we run to the fight and hold each other tight. I almost feel like you want to give a hug after doing that song, don't you? But I'm up here by myself, so I won't hug myself. That would be weird. But it's great to come together and worship God. Isn't it always great to worship someone, as Emily had mentioned earlier, who's already trading in everything so that he could have a relationship with us. And I'm looking forward to just these next few weeks of going over the treasure principle. Uh, I missed it. Uh, Derek was reminding me that in 2014 was the last time the congregation as a whole delved into the treasure principle. And my wife and my two kids, we moved here in 2015. So we just missed it. Just missed it. But after reading the book, after looking at the principles, it's definitely a treasure. And we do have so much treasure in God. And especially coming off the Aliens and Strangers book and looking at uh, 1 Peter, 2 Peter, and suffering, but also being the call of being holy, but also encouraging one another, being prepared. All these different principles that the only way we can live those out is if our treasure is not here on earth. Because as mentioned earlier, suffering, it happens, right? We go through suffering, be it with our health or financially, uh, be it just with our circumstances. It's so many different things that can knock us off our horse if we're not focused in the future. And my prayer is after this series, and as we pass out the book here in the next uh, week, for us to take these principles, if you're visiting, to take these principles into everyday life. Because if I'm, I'm very, very certain that if we take these principles, these six principles, our life will change. But we're not going to cover all six today. But I want to show a slide right quick. How Americans spend their money. How Americans spend their money. So the average household income from New York to L.A., the median income is about $75,000. Yeah, some of the campus students are like, oh, oh, I'm living under the radar then, right? That's all right. That's all right. But out of a $75,000 household income annually, this is what people are spending their money on. $18,000 a year on housing. $7,200 on food. Hopefully that's some very good food, amen. Personal insurance, almost $7,000. Transportation, between your car, getting oil changes, filling it up with gas, all those different things that go into transport, $9,000. And look at that on the, the, the far right there, the little green box. Cash contributions, about $2,000. What goes into that cash contribution? Is it just given to God? Bless you. No. It's given to God. It's child support. It's given to nonprofit organizations so that all that lumped together, $2,000 a year. So in America, in the land of the free, 
one of the richest countries in the world, we give roughly 3.6% and really less than that to God and his kingdom. The treasure principle. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. This chart is showing me that we spend a lot of money on things that we can lose. We spend a lot of money that things can go up in smoke just like that. We spend a lot of our waking hours, our working days, on things that are not for eternity. If you guys could turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Hopefully I got your attention, amen? Because America, that's where we live. You know, Texas, it is its own nation, but we still are affiliated with the United States of America. But the key scripture... Here in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 and 21, as we think about the treasure principle, what do I want to invest in for eternity? The scripture reads, Matthew 6, verse 19, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Notice it says, or it doesn't say, don't store up treasures, right? You could store up treasures, but where do they need to be? In heaven. In a place where the return is great. Storing up isn't bad. Storing up isn't terrible. But what the challenge that we have is storing in the right place. I want to look at another slide. Are Christians storing their treasures in heaven? This is just modern Christianity. Evangelicals, Catholics, Protestants, everyone. Tithers, those that give 10% of their income, they make up roughly 10 to 25% of a normal congregation. 10 to 25% say that I love God enough to give at least 10%. Not because I have to, not because someone is telling me, because just that's where my heart is. 10 to 25%, I just want to show that. Only 5% of the entire U.S. tithes. If you take everyone in the U.S., churchgoers and non-churchgoers, only 5% give 10%, with 80% of Americans only giving 2% of their income. 2%. Christians are only giving at 2.5% of their income. Look at this. While in the Great Depression, they gave 3.3%. And for those that missed that lesson of what happened in the Great Depression, financially, that was the worst point of American history. Food was scarce. The value of the dollar was fluctuating. And things just weren't stable. But Americans were given at least 3% of their income to God in his glory, even then. 
versus some 2.5% now. I say this not as a downer, but as helping us understand where we at, where we are as Americans, as those that profess Jesus Christ as Lord. But one thing I will tell you, our congregation, we're beating the average, amen? Our congregation, the people that are sitting in this room, we're beating the average. Dallas County. When it comes to treasure principle, volunteering, because it's much more than finances when it comes to giving to God, amen? And for some of us, you're like, amen. I can give my arms. I can give my legs. I can give my mind. I can give you an ear to listen to you. But I may not have much to give financially. But look at this. 85% of our members in the Dallas County, we serve in subcapacity in 2017. Be it in the AV, ushers, helping prepare communion, children's ministry, 85% of our congregation is serving God in his kingdom, amen? And that's something definitely to be proud of. When it comes to giving, 40% of our members give $50 a week or more, which is our congregational goal, 40%. I mean, it blows out what the rest of the Christian world is doing. But also we have 40% of us that gives less than $25. I want to just paint a picture for you guys. Just paint a picture, just where are we at? Not just because the dollar amount, but if I give $25 a week, and let's say that is a tithe for me, I mean, I'm making less than minimum wage. And that may be a challenge for me personally. I'm like, okay, maybe I need to stretch myself and my skills. Maybe I need to stretch my faith and try to go to the next spot. Or maybe I'm just in school right now. And this is just the phase in life. I say all this to say that God is definitely working in this congregation. Amen. And God can also take it higher. So what are we going to do? What can we do? What type of principles do we need to help with our giving and our treasure principle? Matthew chapter 13, verse 44, I'm going to read it to you guys. It's a story of a man that comes across buried treasure. And I don't know how many of you guys ever found treasure before. You know, let's say a quarter or more. All right, we got, we got some more people that found it. But this man was walking in a field, and in Matthew 13, verse 44, it says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and sold all he had, and he bought that field. He said, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. And you can imagine, you know, some Israelite, some Hebrew man walking throughout the field. You know, maybe uh, we, don't, we don't have too many fields here in the DFW anymore, but let's say we're out there in Mesquite. We're over there in Tom Briscoe land, all right? It's some fields still in Mesquite on the far east side. Let's say I'm walking in Mesquite and I trip over something and I'm like, what just happened? Am I just clumsy? I'm walking by myself and tripping over the grass? 
you look down, and there's something there in the ground. You frantically look through, dig it out, and it's a million dollars. Million dollars in treasure. You're like, okay, you got my attention now, Clint. That quarter, throw that quarter away. Give me that million dollars. And Jesus is saying that the king, finding the kingdom of God is like that. Finding a treasure of a million dollars. And, you know, some, sometimes, I don't know how many of you guys have d- dug holes before. It's not fun. It's, it's never fun, actually. Even when you're doing it for yourself, it's not fun. But this guy, Jesus said, this guy dug this hole and in his joy. In his joy, because perspective, that changes what hard work looks like, right? When you do things that you like, the hard work is not hard work anymore. Because I'm looking at something that's beyond. That's what our kingdom is like. You know, what we have right here in this room, what we have over the, over the world, over the world, is something that not many people have. You know, I think, I think about this all the time. I don't know why. But if I had no money at all, I could go live at a lot of places. At least I, I say that in my mind, right? <laughs> I can go stay with the Williams and stay with the Vets. You know, I can stay with the democracies. I can go hang out with the, the campus students, maybe for a day, maybe, and then go to a different house. You know, I got my parents right across the street. I have no worries that if things stopped and halted, that God will take care of me. Because like it says in Matthew 19, verse 29, that anybody that leave homes, that leave family, they will not fail to get a hundred times that. And I thoroughly believe that. I mean, I'm, you think about Derek going to Russia. And having a place to stay every single time. You know, different places that we've been. I think about um, uh, Sydney and Sherman going to Costa Rica. Having a place to stay. We can go almost anywhere in the world. And somebody will happily take us in. Isn't that awesome? That's a treasure that's definitely worth it. But then you got the other side of the coin. You got the, the rich young ruler. You guys remember that story? The man who came up to Jesus. Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What must I do? Let me know. Jesus said, hey, hey, you know the commandment. He was like, yes, I know it. I've been doing that since I was 16 years old, like Emily Poppenberg. I've been doing that ever since I was 16 years old. He said, I got a new challenge for you. To Inherit this treasure. I want you to sell your current treasure and take this one. Y'all remember what what happened today? He went away sad. You're like, Clint, how can he go away sad? He just got the question that all of us want the answer to. How can we inherit eternal life? He received the answer. But he went away sad. Why is that? Because his treasure was right here. I hope that he ended up repenting. 
after Jesus died and resurrected, seeing everybody preach, I hope he repented and we'll see him in heaven one day. But to make my point, we got two different scenarios here. We got the rich young man. We got the man that's in the field. Which one are you today? Are you the person that when you came into contact with the kingdom of God, people that truly love and want to be loved as Jesus loves, when you come in contact with that, are you ready to sell everything to get even more? Everything that you have and get everything that God has. Or are we going to walk away sad? As I was thinking about that, what's, the, what's truly the problem? Do we not know what earthly treasure is and what kingdom treasure is? Is, is that the problem? I wrote down this. It said our problem is the subtle confusing between what is an earthly treasure versus a kingdom treasure. And all, actually, these earthly things are kingdom tools. These earthly things like our home, like our car, like our finances, like our lawnmower, fill in the blank, all these different things, these are tools for God to advance his kingdom. They're not the treasure in themselves, amen? Our homes. I love going over homes and eating other people's food. I love it. I mean, I love it, even if... You know, they're vegetarian or vegan. I, I'm like, hey, I'll come over. If it's free, you will find me, right? It will happen. Wait, did that wrong? David, that did wrong, didn't it? Okay, I just want to make sure. But how often we look at our homes and we put so much into our homes, but then we don't invite anybody over to our house. The house looks nice. The walls are fresh, the carpet or the, the plush floor, whatever kind of floor you have is nice. But then you're like, okay, I don't want nobody coming over. They mess up my floor. They mess up my bathroom, and I need a clean bathroom. God is saying, these are tools. These are tools for him. So let's jump into the two treasure principles it's two that we're going to cover this week, and then we'll have various times of going over more. The first principle is this. God owns everything, and we are his money managers. God owns everything, but he gives us the opportunity to manage it. And this is something here. If we can grasp this fact, if we can grasp that, grasp that our home that our car, that our finances, that our job, that the shoes on my feet, that the legs that God has given me to walk, the hands that I can hopefully clap on beat with, all these different things are God's, including his money, and we have the opportunity to manage it. Listen to these scriptures real quickly. Psalms 24, verse 1. The, the earth is the Lord's, and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Do you believe that? Do you believe that everything is God's? The car that you rode in coming this morning, even when it don't start, it's still God's. 
Even when they run out of gas for some reason. Not sure why, right? But even when it does run out of gas, it's still God's. The ears that we have, how big or small they are, they're God's. How are we doing managing it? Do we actually see it as God sees it at his? Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. It says, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Our jobs, our careers, God gives us that ability. He gives us these things. And then Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. I want you guys to turn there with me for this one. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. You got the parable of the talent or the parable of the money bags, the gold bags here. And this one here, in Matthew chapter 25, verse 14, it truly lays out what being a money manager or asset manager for God really looks like. Because it, I mean, does anybody, is anybody an asset manager by trade? Financial trader, we got any in the building? Okay, we don't have any. So we don't have any experts, right? So we're going to use the word of God to explain it for us. Amen? Verse 25, or chapter 25, verse 14. It says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and did what? Entrusted his wealth to them. To the one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag each according to his ability. He went on a journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. It's an interesting point that Jesus doesn't mention if these guys had any other job besides taking care of what he gave them. We don't know if they were farmers as well. We don't know if their job were to take care of the the children on the estate as well. All we know is that he entrusted them with his own money. And two out of the three servants valued the master's money enough to put it to work. Let's fast forward to now. God is still the master, right? He's still the man. And he gives us things to take care of. He gives us our voice. He gives us our passion. He gives us our thirst for education. He gives us our thirst to get to know him. He gives us, he gives us, He gives us, he entrusts to you. What are we going to do with what God has given us? What do you love giving back to God? I mentioned hospitality earlier. Long as you have a home, you can be hospitable, amen? You might just have a chair in there and a chessboard, but that's fine. You can still have people come on, come over to your home. You may have just a small apartment, 
And when it comes to small apartment, let me tell you what I lived in when I was in college. I lived in a place that was $450 a month, including all utilities and furniture for $450. You can guess what kind of furniture it was for $450. It was definitely 1975-ish, right? It was designs that I had never seen before except for my grandmother's house. This was our home. We didn't have central air. We had an AC unit right there in the wall. So if you wasn't in that room, it was hot. And it was, it was very hot. And this was in Oklahoma, so it get hot there too. Our television, small. Our fridge, not quite empty, but definitely not full. But of course, we still had people over to our home. And they came back sometimes. They came back after seeing that furniture. Sometimes they still came back. We have a great opportunity that even, we, we, we may not have all the money, we might not have the nicest car, and we definitely don't have the nicest homes. But God has entrusted you with a place. God has entrusted you so that you can bring glory to his kingdom. We don't want to be that third servant who buries what God has given him. You know, I love seeing the worship team here at the nine o'clock service because these guys are not burying their talent, amen? They're like, hey, we want the whole world to know. You know, those that back there in children's ministry, their, their talent of patience, of care, of creativity, they want people to know. Is this something that God has given you some money bags that you're like, ah, I just want to keep it to myself. I'm not ready to share this with the world yet. I tell you, I challenge you, let God use it, amen? Because just like this worship team, just like our children's ministry, people benefit by our sacrifice. People benefit by us really jumping out there and letting others know what God has entrusted us with. Amen. First principle, we must be great money managers for God, and we must understand that God, he owns everything. Amen. It's his. The second principle that we'll talk about today in the last one, my heart always goes where I put my money. Do you believe that? My heart goes where I put my money. Do I put my money in my house? Do you think you're going to take care of your house? I hope so. I remember me and my wife, we bought, we spent like $2,000 on some pots and pans one time. Y'all, y'all can talk to me afterwards about that one, all right? Please, talk to me afterwards on that. We spent $2,000 on some pots and pans because someone was a great salesman, and they laid out that these pots and pans they will cook the, the, the best possible vegetables. You will lose no nutrients. All the vitamins will stay in. You might even get extra vitamins by using, by cooking this. And I was like, me and my wife, we had just, been, just got married probably a year or two before. We was like, yeah, we, we need to do this. We need to do this. This might even help with my baldness. 
you know, if we use these pots and pans. But $2,000 later, how do you think I treated those pots and pans? The two Gs? I treated them very well. But the problem, this is where the problem comes in, guys, is that when somebody else don't treat them well, how do you feel about that somebody else? How do you feel about that person that you just cleaned your, your carpet and they walk in with mud on their shoes? You just vacuum out your car and then they come in after playing soccer and sit down with their musty behind right on your chair. You're like, what? My, my treasure is... You're like, okay, well, I, I, my treasure is in heaven. I can't take the car with me. I can't take the carpet with me. I can't take those pans with me, but hopefully God already got them there, right? <laughs> but it's, it's so true that where we put our money, our heart is right there following. And it's not the other way around. The money determines what we want to do. And that's why I shared those stats earlier. Because where are you putting your money? Where are you putting your focus? Is it in progressing the kingdom of God? Because like it said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, it says, wherever your treasure is, there your heart and thoughts will be also. Wherever your treasure is. Listen to this. This quote is from the Treasure Principle book. It says, he who spends his life moving away from his treasures has reason to despair. He who spends his life moving towards his treasures has reason to rejoice. So the question is, where is the treasure? Is the treasure here on earth? And when I move away from the treasure, I'm like, oh, I'm ready to go back. Or is it like the profession that we have as disciples of Jesus that every day we live, we get closer to being with God in heaven one day. And that we're storing our treasures in heaven because we're going to be up there with God one day. Both people, they move towards their treasure. But only one move towards God and his treasure and what he's built. And I'm convinced that that treasure in heaven is much more worth our steps than these treasures on earth. Much more because the moths and the vermins, they will destroy it. So what do we want to do here in Dallas? What are some of the things that we want to invest in? What are some of the things that we treasure as a congregation here in Dallas? One of the things is that we want to invest into our Dallas and Uptown ministry. I know we, re- I mean, it's people that's ready for it. I, I want to have a shout out to the singles. This last year, I know, come on now. Come on, Antoine. But this last year, they've really been focusing, you know, be it getting on campus at SMU. I know, amen for that. You know, we even got some guys that play basketball in Dallas on Tuesdays just so we can meet more people that live in Dallas. And then you got the Garcias, uh, Edwin and Margaret, who they're doing every couple weeks. 
They're doing a brunch there in the uptown area. Because if we build it, they will come. They will definitely come, right? So that's something we're going to need people to sow those seeds, right? We're going to need people whose treasures is not in the suburbs. But they want to go in where the action is and truly help build God's kingdom, amen? We also, we want to hire interns and staff for the youth. And the youth is just not the youth and family, but we're talking about campus and our younger singles as well. We need, as we grow that Dallas ministry, we're going to reach out to younger people. We're going to reach out to professionals that need someone to study the Bible with them. But of course, we don't have to wait to interns and staff to get down there, amen? We got people in this room that know their word very well and that can preach, that can teach, and that can show people what it is to have our treasure in heaven instead of earth. We want to invest into leadership training. This world is complex. This world is crazy. This world is getting sharper and sharper, but we're getting farther and farther away from God. We need mediators to be able to step in and help people reconcile tough questions in life. I appreciate uh, the democracies and what they did with their small group leaders. They had an exercise where they're like, okay, how would you answer these tough questions about suffering, about evil, about all the different religions? That are, how, are you prepared that when people ask these questions, or even going beyond that and saying, are you asking the questions to cause the stress, to cause the tension, to see what's really in people's heart? We need training for it. But also, one thing that we don't want to give money to is the credit card charges when we are giving our money to God, amen? So this is a quick public announcement. If you use a credit card to give online, Instead of giving the 100% that you're giving, it's 97%. Because it costs 3% when you use the credit card. But we can use bill pay and e-checks on the website. And that 3% is put back in to God and his kingdom. Isn't that awesome? I don't think it really do that. I don't think it actually does that, Tom. But you know what I'm saying, Right? So that's just an opportunity for us to give back to God in a way that's even wiser if we're not using a credit card but using the bill pay and e-checks. If you have any questions, let me know. But I conclude with reminding us that we truly want to be good stewards of what God has given us. Whatever that is, much or little, five money bags or one money bag, we want to be great stewards of God and his kingdom. And just a quick recap on these principles. God owns everything. We're his asset managers. We're his money managers. He has entrusted to each and every one of us his assets. So he warns us, our heart always goes where our money goes. If we're going to be great asset managers, be it of salvation or some of these earthly things that we have, 
we must remember that our hearts can be stolen very quickly if we don't watch out. So just a, a couple practicals. Because we don't want, want to just listen to the word, right? We don't want to merely listen to this. But we want to put it into practice. This is my challenge. If you do not have a budget, create a budget. Create one. Even if you're in campus and you got like $10 a week, budget that $10 a week, all right? Budget it. Because we need to know where every dollar is going. That will keep us from being a slave to debt. And the other challenge, once you create that budget, I want you to review it with someone. Review it with another disciple. Review it with Steve. Review it with Brian. Review it with even Theo. Theo could tell you. He could tell you if you're spending too much, right? (laughs) He said, no. The answer is always no. But I want us to do this. I don't want us to go through treasure principles and not change anything in our life. We don't want that. We want to be able to take it. We want to apply it. And we want God to be given the glory. So let us continue to embrace and start to embrace the treasure principles. Amen. And to God, we'll have the glory. Amen.